Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. We just want to challenge you to recognize your workplace, it's your mission field. That's right. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. We are so grateful that you're here and we hope that when you finish listening to today's show, you walk away with a new appreciation for where you're at, where God has you and um, what you're, what you're going to do about it. So, um, I just want to encourage you right now to take a moment and um, go to your favorite podcast platform, whether you're an Apple user or an Android user, whether you good old-fashioned laptop, whatever it might be, go out and search for I Work For Him and subscribe to either our full-length podcast or our Power Pod, which is our highlight reel of our shows. And remember, it's I Work the Number Four Him on all those platforms and connect with us, not because we just need more connections, but because we have a message that God's given us to share. And this is your opportunity to consume that information and let God use it to change you in your workplace. So I look forward to connecting with you through our podcast as well. All right, so really, today, I love 2020 Day with Kathy Branzell. We know that you guys always look forward to those. And we're going to take a little different direction, which that's okay, because we love it when Kathy Branzell joins us and we go in a different direction. But we got to ask this question, what's love got to do with it? You know, Tina Turner asked about it. Why can't we ask that question? You know, more songs, books, poems have been written about love and really why is love so important? In the world's eyes, they, they associate love and sex and, and feelings. But what Jesus said, he said we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves and to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So what was he talking about and how does that impact a nation? Well, he brought Kathy Branzell on in order to talk to us about that. Kathy Branzell, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim and Martha, and as you well know, love's got everything to do with it. That's right. Well, tell us about it. Love 2020. Tell us how Love 2020 is impacting our nation. Now, we, there are hundreds of ministry coalitions, networks, thousands of Christ followers out there living a prayer, care, share lifestyle. You know, and it's not just that it rhymes, it's that it matters. It's that this is the model that Jesus gave us as he walked the earth every day along the way. Jesus prayed. He cared and loved people. He met needs. He listened to them. He was compassionate. He met their physical needs before he talked to them about their spiritual needs. But ultimately then he shared the kingdom message. It's not that just we're a bunch of do-gooders out there. It's that we're out there following God and giving him glory and making disciples. So tell our listeners, we may have people that they're tuning in for the very first time or or maybe over the last couple of weeks, and they don't understand how this connects to their work in this conversation about I Work For Him, Kathy. So you're talking about, again, I just want to let them know, it's love2020.com is the website where they can learn more about it and connect. But what does what does love and love2020 have to do with their workplace? 
Well, you spend most of your life at your workplace, <laughs> and and we don't, you know, we don't section it off. It really kind of the work life balance is a myth. Mm-hmm. It's integrated. Our faith, our life, our work, and God does hasn't divided our life off into into slices of pie. As much as we all like pie, um, it's not. I'll just have a slice of this, and then I'm going to have a slice of that. But within the lifestyle. Within the 24 hours a day that all of us have been given equally, um, it is living out our faith in the workplace. And that's really your mission field. It's you are in full-time ministry. When you said, I do to Jesus, you became a full-time minister wherever you are. And to understand what you do every day somehow matters to the kingdom. Maybe we don't understand it. Maybe as an accountant, a CEO, a librarian at a school, a media tech, a nurse, we're like, really, this kingdom, this this matters? Um, But we want to make sure that people quit saying, oh, when I retire, I'm going to minister. You get to minister every day by praying and loving people and, and sharing your faith. Good word. You, every month, uh, get a chance to highlight what's going on in the Love 2020 movement. And and I know that in September, we didn't get a chance to highlight some of the really cool events that Love 2020 is a part of. And and also your role as president of National Day of Prayer. What's going on in the month of October? Uh, I I love fall. Fall is always so blessed. There's event after event, um, experience after experience. So already... Um, through the month of October, what's already happened, uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day, uh, the Orality Conference, um, Business as Mission, the Work Matters Conference, Moms in Prayer. Moms in Prayer is 35 years old, and they've had uh, this year, they're having their anniversary um, celebration throughout this year. Imagine that um, moms that were praying for their children when this all started, including myself, now have adult. Now those kids that were prayed for are adults mm-hmm. that are now praying for their kids. We've gone through an entire generation. We have grandmas in prayer, and so thankful for that. We've talked to you several times about Dare to Share. They had their their um, big uh, weekend uh, a couple weekends ago. But now I want you to know about Awaken the Dawn, Tent America, which is happening October 17th through 19th all across America. Um, I'll be excited to see what God does this year. Last year in all 50 states, there were tents of worship, prayer, and gospel proclamation at all 50 capitals on um, 101 college campuses across the United States in various places in cities, and so that's happening again. It happens, and uh, it coincides with the Feast of Tabernacles um, mm-hmm. from the Jewish tradition, and so you can find out about Tent America on the Awaken the Dawn uh, website. And then we also have our National Day of Prayer Coordinator Summit, and it's so fun. So many people are surprised to find out that National Day of Prayer isn't that one day yeah. your ministry. But that we exist all year round, that we are mobilizing unified public prayer for America with a heart for spiritual awakening and revival. And that is a 365 ministry. Um, and so if that sounds interesting to you, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I'd, I'd like to help mobilize prayer, unified public prayer for America, I 
want to be a part of prayer 365 days a year for our, for our country. If that's interesting to you or if you're one of our coordinators, maybe we haven't even had the opportunity to meet you because we have tens of thousands right, of events right. that sometimes don't even get registered. Come to our conference in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Grace Church Eden Prairie is our host. Uh, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, would love to have you there. You can find more information on that at nationaldayofprayer.org. Very so good. What's great about October that we want to talk about today? Yes. It is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, my pastor is awesome, and I know so many amazing pastors, so I'm excited today to come on the I Work For Him show so that we can talk about how we could pray for and appreciate our pastors. All right, so why don't you introduce our pulpit pastor of the day? I will. <laughs> so This is my great friend. Uh, I am privileged to have known him for almost 20 years, close friend of the Brandells, but amazing pastor from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, uh, the pastor of Grace Heartland Church, Jeff Knoll. Jeff Knoll, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, Jim and Martha, it's a pleasure to be here. And Kathy, thank you. You're a precious sister, uh, friend in Christ, and uh, uh, the honor is all mine. And thanks for having me on the show today. All right, you know, and we don't get the privilege of having a pulpit pastor on the show very often. It, it just it's a it's a position that not very only three hundred thousand people in the in the country actually have that position. So it's not one that we actually get to talk about very often. But today we're talking about loving our pastor, our church pastor, our pulpit pastor. So many of us are getting filled and enriched and encouraged mm-hmm. on a weekly basis from incredible people who have taken a lot of time to prepare a message of encouragement to you. And Kathy Branzell, you brought somebody on today that you'd like for us to hear his heart. Why don't you reintroduce our guest? Uh, this is Pastor Jeff Knoll from Grace Heartland Church in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. He is um It's been amazing to know him through the prayer movement and also as a church pastor and to watch him love this church. So it's a pleasure to share my friend Jeff with you today. And and Kathy, we're so grateful that you've got such a heart for uh, church pastors and and just the encouragement that they need. So Jeff, we're grateful that you joined us today. Pleasure to be here. And, um, uh, you know, you are so true. Uh, Kathy and Russ live out the uh, the definition of pastor appreciation. They are the embodiment of that phrase. It is definitely their gift. There's no question. Kathy Branzell's a huge encourager. All right, so let's talk, Jeff, let's talk Jesus for a second. How did you become a Jesus follower? Well, I've never not known him. <laughs> I've, uh, I was honored to be uh, raised in a pastor's home and, um, so there was never a time when he wasn't a part of my life. Um, and early on, you know, when I made my parents' faith, my faith uh, as a young boy, um, it really almost coincided, honestly, in just a couple of years of also knowing that um, that I, I absolutely was being called into pulpit uh, pastoral ministry. Um, so that was never really a challenge for me. And it's had different iterations along the time where that calling has become clear to me, um, but I'm thankful and blessed uh, that um, I've been able to experience the presence of the Lord um, throughout all my life. That certainly doesn't mean that it's not been without difficulties, but 
Um, but, um, I, you know, I've walked with the Lord all my life and went to uh, Johnson University uh, and then on to Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and have been in the ministry, pulpit ministry now for 37 years. 37 years. You know, so a lot of people may not think about um, a church bas- pastor in the context of their job. So that right. is that is your profession. You are a church pastor. Now, just for context, are you um, with, I don't know the size of your church, are you the the lead preaching pastor? Are you, do you also oversee the church? Just to give people a perspective of what your job entails. Yeah, that's a good question, um, because in reality, I pretty much had positions of pastoral ministry been at different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently am the lead pastor of a church of about uh, 1,300, and we have um, 16 people on staff. Uh, but I've also been the pastor of a church of 100, uh, where I was the staff. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And I've had a couple of different ones along the way. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I certainly understand the heart. And to be quite honest with you, when you get, talk about pastor appreciation, um, I think about these uh, these pastors that are at these pulpit uh, pastors that are at churches of about you know a hundred to three hundred, and their lives are tough because uh-huh. they do not have the uh, support of staff ministry right. to do what they needed. It's it's just crazy how how much they have to do. You're exactly right, and thankfully, most people understand now that um, a preaching pastor doesn't just work on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know that your job is a tough job, and you juggle a lot of things. Whether you're managing the people, you know, <laughs> casting vision, preparing a right. sermon, um, and then once in a while picking up the parking lot. You know, you have a lot of roles that you have to play. So, give us a little right. peek into maybe what one of the toughest parts of your job might be. So where I am right now in this particular ministry, I'm, I'm very blessed to be in uh, a position where I really do get to focus on what I believe God's call is for me, which is preaching and uh, teaching and, and vision and leadership. Um, so right now, what really becomes difficult for me in that is just maintaining that passion of preaching and teaching in the midst of so many other demands mm. that the leadership responsibilities have, you know, and I'm blessed to work with an amazing, incredible staff um, with an oversight of some great elders who give me the space, they give me the permission and the protection to really stay focused on that calling. Um, and, and I know that that's probably, you know, much more than what other, other lead pastors experience. But, you know, it is true. I mean, that, you know, it's interesting that Jim said that earlier, um, when, uh, when being, um, a pulpit pastor is your job, so to speak, or your vocation, um, you have to continue to protect yourself from losing the passion of the vision that you were called to and realize that this is not just work, but this is, this is your, your living out of your calling to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's a tough, it's a tough spot because for some reason, and this is the long story behind this, but for some reason people think that they everybody should tell the pastor what he did wrong or what's wrong mm-hmm. with the church. Uh, and yeah, We're like those two guys on the Muppet show that sit up, you know, and the, we critique everything. The old guys? The old guys? Yeah. Oh, what were their names? Those guys are great. But you're right. Everybody's like them, Kathy. Uh, so, That's right. 
And, and it's not everybody, because I know you have also God sets aside encouragers for you that are also part of your congregation. But it is, you know, the reason we wanted to focus on this as, as a Love 2020 Day is that there's a lot of positions in our country that go unappreciated, but almost none of them go as heavily underappreciated as that of the pastor of a four walls church, a pulpit pastor who pours his or her heart into the ministry of the church, the equipping of the saints. Very often they go unappreciated. And Kathy, it's pastor's appreciation month, right? Exactly. And and that's why I wanted to bring Jeff on because can you imagine, okay, if you're a CEO listening if you're um, a manager, if you're if you have any sort of um, influence, which is all of you uh, out there listening, and what if at the end of your your workday every day, you stood outside your office door as all your staff, all the people who work under you, all the people that you're trying to um, to help lead and guide and keep an organization afloat and prosperous and bring glory to the Lord, what if you had to stand outside the door every day and had your staff stream out, shake your hand, and say something to you about your quote-unquote performance <laughs> that day? I mean, can you imagine? You know, you know, it, that would change things, you know, wouldn't want, it? Every time I'm in town, I want to go hug my pastor's neck, uh, my pastor, Mike Day, here at Celebration Church here in Atlanta. Amazing man, great preacher. I always learn something from him. But I'm astounded. I mean, he usually has to pick my job off the floor by the time I've heard two or three people, you know, say something to him and lying. And it's so, so think about that. I want this to just not be just October as a time of prayer and encouragement, but also um, throughout the year. Just stop and think, what would I want someone to say to me? Um, at the end of the work day. So, so, so it's interesting you say that, Kathy, because you say, you know, the question is, you know, what, what would be one of the best ways to show appreciation and love mm-hmm. for an equipping pastor? Um, my immediate response to that is don't wait for October to start. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I would, my encouragement to people is, um, you know, use October as um, employee evaluation month, see how well have you been doing all year long at encouraging your pastor. Um, mm. If you wait till October to encourage your pastor, you're already behind. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I'll be totally transparent with you on this, that in previous ministries, I longed for October because there was an absolute uptick in people's boots and expressions of encouragement and different things that they would do. There are years here in this church, I totally forget that October is Pastor Appreciation Month blessing. because they they love me well all year long. And yeah, do. I don't even think about it. The past, yeah, Kathy's been here to see her. <laughs> so, Kathy mm. and Jeff Knoll, he's the pastor of Grace Heartland Church in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, where he says it's gorgeous all the time and the people are always just as sweet as their voice. Jeff Knoll, welcome back to I Work For Him. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's always beautiful in the bluegrass. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And the rest of us in the country, except here in Florida, get to enjoy the fruit of your blue bluegrass seed. So it's incredible. All right. So, <laughs> you know, we talk about the connection of faith and work on this show and, and the transformation of our workplace into a mission field. Now, it's a given that your workplace 
it is a mission field. But it's really also a more of an equipping field than it is a mission field because you have more exposure to Christ followers than you do pre-Christians. Isn't that true, Jeff? Uh, yeah, we, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a situation where we have to understand where, you know, we are working within the walls of the church, and um, so we have to actually physically get out. And you know, sometimes I actually get jealous of people who have jobs in the community because. I realize they are absolutely there in the target of the gospel every day uh, with an opportunity to connect with people. And, um, you know, just before I came to do this interview, I was at the local Chamber of Commerce uh, because I feel like it's important for us to be a member of that mm. uh, because it's our, you know, it's one of the ways that we encourage some of our people and we connect with the community. So we're a highly community involved church. But I know I have to admit it's kind of selfish because it's the way I get to be in the community to connect with the community. Otherwise, I'm just here with the people who, for the most part, are already Christ followers. So, and so mm-hmm. I've got to have those avenues. That's awesome. So, so let me ask this question. You know, one of the things, and, and Kathy didn't bring this up yet, and it might be on her heart. So if I'm taking the words from her, I, I'm sorry, Kathy. But Jeff Knoll, is one way that somebody can show appreciation to their pulpit pastor, their pastor, their local church, is one way to invite their pastor to work? To, like, come come meet, me at, come meet me at work, let's go have lunch. I mean, is that something you'd be open to? I do it all the time, and I'm thankful for when they ask me to do that, and I'm honored, honored that they would invite me into their place of work rather than being embarrassed uh, to admit that they know me, because, you know, that's happened, too, because people, which is obviously a, uh, a big red flag that there's something going on with their faith walk, uh, but that's a very, very rare thing. The vast majority of times it's uh, opportunities for me to connect with them and see where, where their daily life is, and I love it. Yeah, and that does mean a lot to them. So are you able to then have conversations with them to help them better connect their faith into that workspace? Absolutely. And, you know, matter of fact, the, the truth is, um, you know, we are right now in the midst of an entire series uh, called Beyond Sunday, uh, and it's Marketplace Ministry, where we wait, have... Wait, 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 wow. wait. What did you just say? That's You're in the midst. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Jeff Knoll gets five stars and a smiley face today. You just said, you, you know, here, here, Jeff. You said you went to Southern Seminary, right? Did, I did. Did they did. teach you? A long time ago. Did they a long time ago? I know you said you've been in the pulpit for thirty-seven years. <laughs> you just said that you're in the midst of the series about marketplace ministry. Who? who right. talk, yeah, I, I can tell you. Did you know that you're you're in the very, very small crowd of less than 1% of pastors in this country that actually preach about that. Yeah, it's a You shame. just became Pastor of the Year. That's yeah, right. We've been nominated <laughs> for sure. Pastor of the Year award well, winner, Jeff Knoll. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, you know, the fact that um, there's been a lot of different developments of that in mm-hmm. my philosophy of ministry, but honestly, I have to go all the way back to uh, Bible college when I was really trying to develop my palm, my you know philosophy of ministry, and the Lord took me to Ephesians 4, and it became very clear there that my role as a pastoral minister was to be, you know, equipping the saints to do the ministry. So that became very foundational from the very beginning. The problem was 
I had to break out of the stereotypes that I had been taught and learned. And um, so along the way, it finally became clear to me, uh, well, gee, the people that are actually the ones in the community are the ones who need to understand that. So um, this concept of, you know, doing a series on that, you know, we just realized we wanted to help people understand. So we actually have invited, um, with each one of the sermons, uh, as a sermon bumper, we do a lot of uh, testimonial videos and uh, just invited four of our people um, who already have a concept of, um, you know, um, being a minister at their work uh, and that their work is their ministry. We just invited them to do a little interview, and uh, so I, we bumped each sermon uh, with that, and it's been a great way for other members to kind of catch that vision um, from them and to see, you know, because what I mean, it I can say it from the pulpit, but, you know, it's easy for them to write off what I say by saying, well, you don't know, you don't know what it's like, <laughs> you don't work out where I do. I said, well, maybe not, but this guy does and she does right. and they do. Um, and so, you know, stop using that as an excuse and get out there and do what Jesus called you to do and what you signed on to do when you accepted him as Lord. You know, your calling every bit is as much as mine, so stop using that as an excuse. You serve as a pulpit pastor, work within the four walls of a church. You have 16 employees, I think you said, a staff of 16, maybe that includes you. Do you ever struggle, Jeff Knoll, to connect your faith and your work? Well, you know, absolutely, because um, especially as you move into a larger you know, framework of a church, the more it looks like a business and um, the more you have to begin to try and figure out what's the best structure. And so, yeah, you know, you have to start paying attention to things like what's the staff culture that we have, um, how do we intentionally make decisions so that um, we do things that are driven by ministry and not driven by an, a fleshly desire for success, mm. uh, because that that's probably one of the hardest things over the year and over the years for me, and I had to actually go through a time of repentance because I knew that I was being driven um, by an old school pastoral leadership style of being successful, which was all about church growth. And the Lord took me through a lot of uh, a lot of pain, really, to break me of that so that it's never about the numbers anymore. It's only about exalting Jesus. And so if it's about exalting Jesus, then that doesn't matter whether I'm here in the context of a pastoral leadership role in a church or whether I'm at a grocery store or at the hospital or at the emergency services I'm called to exalt Jesus as my ministry goal wherever I am. I, that's that's all of our goals. Mm. You know, it's it's obvious that you have a great heart and you're very transparent. Um, but one of the things that I know as a church gets bigger, it's easy for the people sitting in the quote-unquote pews. You probably don't have pews. I don't know if you have chairs, whatever, <laughs> whatever they're sitting in, um, to not necessarily feel like they are connected to you as a pastor in the traditional sense where they can, you know, that they feel that they know who you are um, and, and, 
I don't know, just that affection of, of a pastor in their life. So how, as, as we circle back to this conversation about um, Pastor Appreciation Lunch, how do you, or not lunch, month. oh, they could have a lunch. Yeah. That would be good. Take your pastor but to a Pastor how Appreciation do, Lunch. How do you um, kind of open that door for people to feel that they have a connection to you as a person? That is a frustration, especially, you know, when I have been used to a church of about 300 or 350 and having that personal connection. Mm -hmm. And now at, you know, 1300, um, it really does frustrate me. But I think part of it is we have four services. So even though that's um, a tiresome thing, uh, the Lord has really laid it on my heart that the worst thing we could ever do is build a bigger worship center. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, we don't need to spend that money. And two, it would change the whole cultural dynamic of a congregation that even though it's big in one sense, it feels small. Um, because I can't, I do have the chance to connect personally with people, okay. um, you know, when, when they're here. And, um, you know, people do feel very, and they know, they know I love them. And I, and here's something I would just say, start telling your people that you love them. Uh, just tell them that. I mean, stand up there. And be real and just say, hey, I love you all. And, I mean, that has broken hmm. down so many walls with me and, and, and the congregation, and it allows them to come up and talk. Because, one, they know I'm sincere. I really do. I do love them. And I do want to connect with them. And um, uh, and they feel free to come up and give me a hug and love on me and, and talk with me or call me. And, uh, yeah, that gets hard. It really does get hard, especially when my cell phone number is posted everywhere. But But I'm so glad you said that, Jeff, because um, I would say that it's really not anybody that you allow to be anonymous at your church. And back at the beginning of this conversation, um, you were asked, you know, what what are... some of the hardest challenges of being a pastor and and everybody goes to the critic you know conversation but i've been to your church several times know lots of people at your church and i would say one of your biggest challenges that could also challenge your faith um everybody thinks oh you just get to read your bible and 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 write sermons all week long um if only huh um (laughs) is that you here's what i know about pastor jeff knoll you hurt when your people hurt. And when when uh, people that you love deeply are having marital issues, a prodigal, something, a cancer diagnosis, a loss, um, struggles, addiction, you weep when your people right. weep. And I could think as a pastor... As a as a, a standing spiritual right. um, leader in your church, how difficult that is because there are times as, as a ministry, even just as a ministry leader, that we're so important. You have to stop yourself from saying that's not fair. Love2020.com, Kathy, it's your heart and your passion to appreciate pastors, and it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and you want to bring on a friend, Pastor Jeff Knoll from Grace Heartland church in elizabethtown kentucky talk just what's your heart at this at the center of this pastor's appreciation just that uh we need to appreciate all our pastors all the time Mm -hmm. they are carrying on we all are 
but uh, not 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 that in the workplace we're second class, and not in the church that we're second class servants. That we are all disciple makers, and so how do we love each other, appreciate each other, lift each other up, encourage and equip each other, so that Jesus is glorified? And that's why I wanted to bring Jeff on today. Jeff, what is the best way for our listeners to let their church pastor know how much they appreciate him? What are some of the things that really mean a lot to you? Besides small gifts of cash. Yeah. (laughs) We never turn those down. You know, those are always... Um, You know, there's all of the traditional things like, you know, the gifts and the the encouragements and things like that. Those, Those absolutely do mean a lot. But Honestly, for me, and maybe it's just because of the fact that I'm a relational guy, um, your pastor and some of your other pastoral staff members, um, sometimes they probably feel lonely. Um, And it's strange that even though they may seem like they're the kind of the igniter of of the emotions and the heart and everything in many ways, you know, when it's all quiet, they they may not necessarily know that you want them to hang out with them. Um, it means so much when I have people that just say, Hey, you know, we're going here. We're going to do this. You want to go, you want to go hang out with us? You You can't even imagine how much that means. Um, and you know, be ready for them to say, Oh man, I've already made this commitment or that commitment because you, you do recognize, but the fact that people will sometimes just want to include me in their Mm -hmm. stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you just, you have no idea how much that means because that's what makes me know that I'm not just hired by this church to be the pastor. I'm loved by them and I'm part of their family. Can I ask and, a question? Um, In that context, sure. if somebody asks you to hang out, is it an extra bonus if they don't ask you to pray for the meal? Like they brought you along to be the pastor? <laughs> Like, I, I mean, I'm being real here. I mean, let you just be a guy hanging out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That is so perfect. Because, of course, I'll do it if they ask me. Yeah. But it all makes me happier if if I'm in the home um, when they keep their normal traditions yeah. and one of them prays. And they just let me be part of the family for that time. I love that. And so, absolutely, that was really good. Yeah. Just do your thing, you know, just let them, don't make them be the pastor of your home. Uh, make them be a part of your family, mm-hmm. and so do things as you normally do. Kathy, speaking of prayer, you wanted to teach us how to pray for our pastors. Yes, and, and also, um, and would love to get a couple of these to you guys so you could give them away, but there's an incredible book that was published by Broad Street Publishing, uh, 31 Days of Prayer, for my pastor. Yes. So if you're going, I have no idea, you know, I know to pray for his family, his kids, that he'd be protected, that, you know, mm-hmm. he would be encouraged by the word as well as encouraging the word. But what is it that I can pray? That is a great prayer guide, um, mm-hmm. 31 days right. of prayer for my pastor. But beyond that, um, you, you just pray that uh, spiritual, not just spiritual things, but supportive and practical things for your pastor, um, pray that, that he or she would have a fresh encounter with Jesus and with the Scripture. We have to remember, there are people, too, and and uh, their time preparing for a sermon is not their quiet time. 
mm-hmm. that they need that spiritual refreshment, that they need to hear from the Holy Spirit, that they need that quiet prayer time, that they would know that they are fully loved by Jesus, that we don't mark whether or not we're loved by man or by our congregation, by our sheep. We all talk about how sheep might. Um, and that's why I wanted to make the comment about how much Jeff loves his congregation, and that's why they love him. He doesn't have a room full of critics uh, four times on Sunday. He has no. people that genuinely love him because he loves them, and they know it. And so pray that they would, that your pastor would know that they're loved. And remember, not just your pulpit pastor, but your children's pastor, the youth pastor, some big churches have executive or administrative pastors, right. education pastors, your women pastor, your men. There, there are all sorts of people who serve you um, within the four walls of the church. Make sure you're appreciating them. Uh, pray that they would be refreshed. It can be exhausting. I know that, yeah. I mean, it's like National Day of Prayer. People are like, you're that one day of your ministry. You know, for pastors, oh, you only work on Sundays and some Wednesdays. Ha ha. Uh, not true. <laughs> and, and, um, and so, uh, be be uh, praying for their health, praying that they would Sabbath. You know, they can't do it on Sunday, but it's not just a Sunday thing, that they would be refreshed. Pray right. for their marriages, pray for their finances, um, and on it. Pray that they would be able to worship on Sunday, that they're not sitting there during the singing time or the giving time or all the different things that we do in worship throughout life, but that they would actually just be able to to stand at the throne of Christ, sit at the throne of Christ, sing at the throne of Christ, and worship. Um, There's just so many things. And so think about how you would like to be prayed for as a leader and pray those things over your pastor. So Jeff Noller, is there anything that you would want to add to that list that really um, touches your heart? Yeah, I mean, all of those are amazing. And and I would say, you know, continue to pray, um, you know, when you show that love and pray for, for your pastor's family, you know, uh, I, I love it when, when they love my family as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and when they, they show that kind of love to them, that means, you know, the world to me. And honestly, another way that they show appreciation to me as a lead pastor is when they do exactly what Kathy said, when they love on all of the pastoral staff and um, so please pray for them because it is so huge and a lot of them feel the frustration because they they experience it at another level and probably don't get near the recognition oftentimes that the lead pastor does yeah, they don't get the you know have the pulpit on Sundays like you do speaking of that Jeff just a this funny question you, you preach four times on a Sunday which sermon's the best one on average um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd like to say it's the one that's uh, recorded and put out on the on the website, because uh, that's always the first one. So, well, I hope they all are, but, you know, they all have a different personality. And honestly, I, it's never the same one. Yeah. Every week I step away from it and I say, okay, the third service was the best or the first one was the best. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting because each service has its own personality based on the people that are in it. So <laughs> that's, but, that's a funny question. But speaking though. of sermons, if people are intrigued and want to hear your Beyond Sundays series, um, can they go to Grace Heartland? Is that Heartland? what you called it, Beyond Sunday? Yeah, he said that, yeah, Beyond absolutely. Sundays. Wow. They we, could go to graceheartland.org? Correct. 
and uh, there's a media tab there where they can listen to all of the, the past messages. We do not live stream them, mm-hmm. uh, but we they're always posted either later that Sunday afternoon or first thing on Monday morning. Excellent. And so there's there's several years in, in, in the queue there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, our theme for the whole year has been beyond. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's the last question. We just got about a minute and a half left, Jeff. It, a lot of people listening to the show today are going, I want Jeff Knoll to be my pastor. He gets it. He gets <laughs> I work for him. How did they approach their pastor, their local pastor, their Four Walls Church, and, and, and say, Pastor, I, I need you to help me take it to the next level. I need you to help me be equipped beyond Sunday. How do they have that conversation without being one of those complainers, one of those people that are trying to create a new program? Because that's not what this is about. Yeah, I think if you just go to your pastor and say, you know, I personally feel that my work is my ministry. Can you help me understand how to live that out? Mm. You're, you, I promise you, if you do that, you've already opened the door for, for he or she to say, that's awesome, let's talk about that. If they don't get that, then, then they need to do some study. But for the most part, I, I think your, your pastor is going to understand, boom, the light, you guys dinged me for getting it. Um, they want you to get that. And maybe they haven't talked about it from the pulpit that much, but the reality is if you get it and if you know your workplace is your ministry, they're going to jump on board and say, that's awesome, let's mm. talk about it. Here's some suggestions that's I have. great word. Pastor Appreciation Lunch featuring lunch. Jeff Knoll. Did I say lunch? Oh, yeah, you said lunch, I too. I did. Wow. Okay, well, <laughs> take your pastor to take appreciation pastor to lunch. lunch. That's please. right. How about Pastor Appreciation Month featuring Jeff Knoll from Grace Heartland Church in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Wow. I guess it's, it's time to eat. Jeff Knoll, thanks for joining us on I Work For Him today for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank pleasure you, to be. Thank you, Kathy Branzell, once again, for an amazing Love 2020 show. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. You listen to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, our Mission Field is our workplace, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.